0: Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking it Down and back to our mini series on uh, the Ukrainian Russian war and for for lack of a better uh, uh, term uh, and we're talking to Anthony Barone and he is uh, he is someone who's followed very closely the Soviet Union and studied uh, very closely uh, the the Soviet Union and the the history of Russia in general. And if you didn't hear part one, we encourage everyone to binge listen to what we've been doing. And it, we started uh, our part one is is the start of the the conflict, the history. Of the conflict and really where where we started we went you know we went way back to the fall of the uh, the Soviet Union and and Anthony found the the roots of where we are now uh, in that moment in time and that you know crucial moment in history and what we uh, where we ended basically was uh, was uh, pre Zelensky we'll get into Zelensky in another episode but right now uh, Maybe we should get into a little bit more of the history of the Soviet Union, and have Anthony kind of walk us through there. Uh, because if you don't have an understanding of the Soviet Union, you might falsely believe that uh, that this is about the the same ideals uh, that the Soviet Union had the uh, the strong communist and and socialist background of uh, of that. Uh, a particular entity in the Soviet Union. Uh, it's really not that. It's a misleading for anyone to feel that uh, that the re when we talk about the recreation or when I've mentioned the recreation of the Soviet Union. I'm I'm talking about the real estate. I'm not talking about the the values of the uh, uh, of of the labor uh, movement and the uh, and and you know where Lenin started and uh, and certainly Stalin um, went to. Uh, but again, Anthony Barone is our, is our guest or co-host, I should say, uh, each and every week on this limited series. And Anthony, welcome back. Thanks,
1: Frank. It's gl- I'm glad to be here.
0: Uh, let's, let's jump right into it. Let's jump into the, the history of the, the Soviet Union. Um, give us where uh, where you think we should know, what's the least we should know about the Soviet Union and where to start.
1: Oh well, we're gonna have to start with World War one uh towards the end of world war one uh there was the fever pitch of the Bolshevik movement was at was at its height, and the party was organizing itself among the the Russian Empire, and there were communists on the front lines fighting you know uh in the Russian imperial military and they were you know having their own little revolts here and there um there would be stories there was one story that I read uh during this period of time where a young soldier was getting, you know, reprimanded by his commanding officer, and he took his rifle and he shot his commanding officer, and none of his fellow soldiers did anything to him. That was the state that the Russian Empire was in. The war was going terribly. The economy was collapsing. The Tsar had no idea what he was doing, commanding the military. They were the Russian Empire lost vast swaths of territory. Part of that being Ukraine. Uh, parts of Ukraine, so that's going to be important later. But basically, uh, the Germans wanted to knock out the Russians from the war so they could focus on the collapsing Western Front. So what they did was they gave Lenin safe passage through Finland to go into Russia through St. Petersburg, which later became Leningrad, uh, to officially destabilize the Russian Empire. So Lenin was now in Russia in 1917 and helped lead the Bolshevik Revolution. So that thus created the Soviet Union. It led to the signing of the Brest-Litovsk Treaty, where certain territories were ceded to the German Empire and then, after the war, became independent, partially independent states, really. Um, And then, you know, they ended up getting reabsorbed one way or another. So basically, what ended up happening was uh, the Soviets came out, you know, victorious, and there was the Civil War in 1921 to 1922 between uh the ukrainian black anarchist army which was led by um Nestor and the black army and the red army fought it out in ukraine basically they wanted to turn ukraine into an anarchist state or how stupid that sounds right and then you know the red army was like no that's going to destabilize us at the same time the rest of the world there were 14 nations invaded the soviet union to try and restore the russian monarchy that ended up failing because The soldiers ended up turning to the Bolshevik side or getting incredibly demoralized or dying, so they gave up on that operation. Um, During this time period, Lenin adopted the new economic policy, which essentially allowed some limited capitalism because Marxists understand that capitalism is actually good. It's just it reaches a point where it's no longer viable. So Lenin said, okay, well, this is obviously not a capitalist country. It's a feudal one are semi-feudal. So we need more capitalism to develop the means of production so we can actually have a war industry and at least win our sovereignty. Then after this, the new economic policy was removed. Lenin was assassinated um, by a socialist uh, faction in Russia at that time and Soviet Union. Sorry, I forget we're not in the 21st century anymore. And um, Lenin was shot. He ended up having a stroke a few months later, died. Uh, This is when Stalin came into power, and the Stalin period um, came into full effect. So during this time, there was a period called the – not the the Holodomor. Yeah, the the Holodomor, 1933. Uh, There's varying opinions on it, and this is one part of the chapter in our Ukrainian story. So what ends up happening is there's a drought in 1933 worldwide. In the United States, it's called the Dust Bowl. In Soviet Union, it was Holodomor, basically. Uh, we were using really bad agricultural methods to farm land. So what ended up happening is there was so much loose dirt and soil that the wind picked it up and carried it across the world. So in America, you know, Manhattan was blacked out because dust was in the air and, you know, the sun was blocked out for 30 days. So similar things happened in the Soviet Union, especially um you know, with the mass agricultural production that was going on through collective farming. So what ended up happening was there was a drought as well. It was a drought season on top of this really bad um, farming technique that's been done for centuries, which led to a very serious famine. Now, a lot of people will say that its it was an intentional killing of Ukrainians. Uh, I, some others will say that it's not, and it never happened. I have a kind of a middle understanding of it because i've read you know the party documents and what happened was uh communist party operatives in ukraine were reporting to the central committee which are like you know the, the heads of the party of the whole union and they're like hey listen people are dying someone just ate their kid and they were like that's not really happening the numbers show otherwise i think you're full of it. so it was a lot of ignorance that led to it and a lot of bad farming technique that led to, you know, mass starvation across it, across Ukraine. Uh, the numbers of for one
0: second. Let me remind folks that Anthony Barone is the host of Backpacking America, and we're here talking uh, in, in a limited series about uh, the Ukraine uh, crisis, uh, the, uh, the war, the Russian-Ukrainian uh, war and, and some, of the, uh, some of the origins of what happened. And you have to go back, and it's important to understand the history of the Soviet Union in order to uh, get the full feel. Frank McKay here, much more importantly. Anthony Barone, I Please continue, Anthony. Sure, yes. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, no matter what the number
1: is, right, no matter how many people died, even if it was 10, that's someone's mother, brother, sister, child. So naturally, there's going to be tension against the Soviet Union. And against your government, that would ha- I mean, that happens right now with the nursing homes in our state. Everyone hate, hated Cuomo, and now they also are kind of scared of Hokel because she was involved in. You know, she was the lieutenant governor. We should mention that so, you know.
0: New York State. Uh, maybe people around the country may may not know who our former governor Andrew Cuomo um uh, being the uh, uh the, the governor who was kind of uh pushed out uh, on sex scandals but also had nursing home uh scandals there and Hokel was uh Kathy Hokel his lieutenant governor who took over. Uh go ahead, Anthony.
1: Sure. So basically uh you know whenever terrible things like that happen your government is gonna be looked at negatively. Um so that led to, you know, fast forward World War Two is kicking off. The Germans invade. The uh east west the western ukrainian at first greeted the nazis as liberators because they said oh well you know they're not the soviets they didn't, my grandma didn't starve due to them what have they done to me and then the extermination started so then they realized oh now we have to fight these people too so it you know there there's the history within the soviet union and you know during that stalin period especially Was not that good between you know the in the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, so um, after the war is won, the Nazis are defeated. Then comes the Cold War. Um, Things are going on, things are happening. Nothing of seriousness between Ukrainians and and other ethnic groups are occurring, Uh, and then there's Chernobyl. So basically, this is another example of you know government failure. Where it's like, hey, you know, we need to maintain upkeep on this nuclear reactor, and you know, the Soviet state government would be like, okay, well, you know, it's probably not as bad as you guys are saying it. According to our numbers and data and fact sheet, it's fine. And you know, there was also the tendency to not, you know, report problems because it looked bad on the state, and it looked bad for its socialism, and it made NATO look good. Um Of course, if they didn't have that attitude and actually fix problems, it would probably be the other way around, but whatever that's another day. Um, so Chernobyl happens, and because of that, an entire city of fifty thousand people gets irradiated, and no one 's told what's going on until a day later and you know a lot of Ukrainians, Ukrainians are very angry about that because for the second time in the century, something catastrophic was done due to a government mismanagement uh, so that ends up happening. And this is also in 1986, so it's also during the period of after de-Stalinization of Khrushchev in the 50s. So Stalin died in 1953, and he said, "Whoa, you know, we gotta roll back some of this stuff," which you know I agree with. You know, not everyone needs to belong in a gulag. So you know, the openness of society is great, but the problem was they didn't do it in a way that maintained the state. It's like they they would do half steps, kind of like it would be like, "That's okay, but that's not okay." This is okay but this is bad. You know, that type of deal. And then from there on things got more corrupt because things weren't clearly defined. They were not very good at it the at the um the liberalization thing. So by 1986, really the 1980s, the late 70s, we're seeing the effects of not really committing to one thing or another. It's kind of like I want to have my cake and eat it too moment. You know, it's like I'll just go on the treadmill after eating this cake. So that's why we saw all these things. And, you know, it, it was either there were just a lot of mistakes by the government that led to a lot of this stuff happening. So basically, by the time it collapsed, we had, you know, this memory of, well, the Soviet state did this. They also did some good things, but they also did some bad things. Whatever. We want to be our own country and leave the past behind us. But at the same time, when a society collapses and a new one arises, old contradictions and new contradictions smash together and it creates a conflict. And that's ultimately what led to Ukraine being a major issue, uh, you know, geopolitically
0: in the t- in the mid 2010s. Let me let me jump in and just remind people once again. Anthony Barone is the voice that you're hearing, and he is the host uh, of Backpacking America, and uh, a lot more going on there than just backpacking. Uh, he gets into all types of issues, but here. In this limited series, we're talking uh, specifically about uh, Eastern Europe, uh, specifically about how it affects our common uh, or our current situation, I should say, and in, uh, in the Ukraine, in the, the Russian-Ukrainian war, and what's going on. It's very important for those who want to know more about where this conflict uh, has come from. Uh, it's, uh, it's very important to know some of this history. This is uh, This is episode two of our discussion uh, in this limited series on this uh, this very complicated uh, subject Frank McKay here much more importantly Anthony Brown let me ask you uh, historically how do the how do the Russian people look back and and how do they see a Brezhnev how do they see a, uh, a, a Stalin how do they see uh, Lenin uh, is uh, historically? Historically, uh, how do these people fare? How do these men as leaders fare in, in Russian history books?
1: Well, you know, it, it depends on the generation. Uh, people before my generation generally look on, on Lenin quite positively, uh, you know, kind of like a hero of the people. because He was like their George Washington almost. Uh, Stalin is, is a 50-50 type of deal. Uh, it, on one hand, you got the people that were like, he saved us from the Nazis. You know, and other hand, people be like, ah, oh, well, you know, my family was repressed by him or we had to leave the country. Some people did not like Stalin because, you know, when he purged the party, you know, that doesn't mean exterminate everyone. It means you lose your job. You have to go to Kazakhstan. You have to leave Russia and go here or you have to stay in Russia and, and you're just going to get, you know put at the bottom of the line for nice things, or, you know, when you wait for your apartment, you'll be kicked to the bottom of the line. It made life very difficult. So, for the people that it made difficult, they didn't like. For the people that, you know, didn't get affected by the purges, they liked him, and they saw him as a hero. So,
0: overall, it's a very complicated thing. Um, You know, just a quick point on on Stalin. Uh, Many people, and and, you know, I just came back from from that region and spoke to, uh, you know, many people in the uh, in the area, and anyone that I've uh, ever spoken to a- about uh, about Stalin, uh, for the most part, if there was no Hitler, Hitler uh, Stalin would have been the uh, villain of uh, of World War II. Uh, so many people died under under Stalin and uh, un- under his leadership, and and so forth. So I, you know, I would I I don't know. I have no. You have a better understanding of Russian um, uh, viewpoints on Stalin, but. Uh, if not for Hitler, um, uh, uh, Joseph Stalin uh, would uh, would would be the villain probably. I, and you know, address that if you would. He would be the villain in no, World he, War II. I, not really. He so you, you talk to
1: Ukrainians, I'm assuming about it, and you know, Ukrainians have a very different view than Russians do on most things. Also, we have to take into account too. There's there's a huge anti so anti communist, anti Soviet, you know, movement in Ukraine even before all the invasions started. Um, you know, you have groups like Azov Battalion, which are a neo Nazi group that somehow just got in with the government um, not saying all Ukrainians are Nazis or anything, but it's a serious problem in Ukraine. So, you know, their viewpoint of Stalin is, is going to be much different, well, especially that's the with the Ukrainians.
0: I am talking more about Pol- uh the Poles and even uh even Germans. Uh, you know, uh, you know N- N- NATO members, uh Romanians, uh much more than uh than the Ukrainians. I didn't get into uh it, with Ukrainians, I didn't talk much about um. Stalin uh Putin was the uh was the subject there and obviously we know what they think of Putin. So, so you want me to comment on like the
1: the Eastern Europeans and defeated nations well, of Soviet I, Union?
0: Well, I I don't yeah I, I don't know if that's uh, if if we should spend the time doing that. I will I'll take it for granted that uh, that you've got a good feel on on uh, on the Russian people and what they think of uh, of Stalin. Uh, for example, if if you were to ask people that are supportive of Putin, uh, the same uh, same people that are supportive of Putin, what they think of Stalin uh would they would they lean towards stalin saved us from hitler i mean
1: i i don't really know it really depends based on who supports who i mean you know there's also we have to take into account the united russia party which is putin's party well it is the largest party there's also the communist party so you know people that you know vote there and that's about like half the country yeah. will say stalin's great but putin is bad You know, or we don't really like Putin, but, like, I guess, you know, it's like the lesser of two evils, kind of. It's like, all right, do we go with the liberal candidate or do we go with Putin who's going to just bring stability? That's more, you know, how they're thinking. So it's not, like, cut and dry. You know, not all Putin's – like, take Joe Biden, right? Millions of people voted for Joe Biden. Most of them didn't like him. It was like, all right, well. We're not gonna vote third party and we definitely don't want Trump, so I guess we're just gonna vote for Joe Biden because we think he'll make everything stable.
0: It was a vote against so uh, that in, in many uh in many cases uh uh many people didn't vote for uh, for Biden. They voted against Trump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like the same
1: situation with Putin, you know. And, and it depends who you ask to. Like if you ask people my age in Russia, they're gonna be like, Stalin, ew. You know, just because, like, that was so long ago. It's almost like if you were to ask someone my age, what do you think of George Washington, they'd call him a racist and a colonizer,
0: you know? And we should point out what your age is. You're, you're 23? Yes, yeah. 23, right. So uh, that generation uh, will certainly have a different view of, uh, of the world than, uh, well, you know, my generation. I'm, I'm 55, and, uh, and and folks that are um, are before me uh, by the way, I, I've also spoken to some pro-Putin um, folks that are, are from the Slovak Republic, and I, I have a lot of contacts in in the Slovak uh, Republic. And uh, strangely enough, they're very supportive of uh, of Putin. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I don't know. Um, I'm not saying the majority of them. Are, well, I'm saying that I could I could put people on on the phone right now who are uh, who will uh, who will sing Pu- Putin's praises. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. So it's not it's not so black and white. Uh, Give us you have a you have a a good understanding of uh, of Russian and Soviet uh, history. Um, And and actually, before we jump on to uh, directly on Putin, where is Gorbachev um, uh, fit in? Is Gorbachev uh, considered a failure by Russians? Uh
1: Yeah, absolutely a failure. I, I talked to people from the post-Soviet Union. That were my professors. I've talked to people on the internet. I've read attestments. I've read, I've watched, you know, interviews. Everyone hates Gorbachev. I like to call him Pizza Hut Man because he recorded this stupid Pizza Hut commercial because the first one was opening in the Soviet Union. And it was like, oh, Gorbachev, Gorbachev. That's literally like the hail to his presidency besides bringing death and destruction. Yeah. This is legacy: is Pizza Hut man and heroin addiction for six-year-olds. He, he destroyed the Soviet Union.
0: Yeah, and Right, that's how people look at it. Anthony, keep your thought. Yeah. Uh, Frank McKay here, uh, and we're at the end of episode two of our our mini series, our limited series on the Ukrainian-Russian war or the Russian-Ukrainian war. Uh, Frank McKay, uh, signing off just for now. Anthony Barone is uh, is the co-host each and every week here and we're we're leaning on anthony for the history of uh of this conflict and and where it starts and the and the uh, really um he's uh he has a very good feel for what's going on here anthony barone is the uh, is the host of backpacking america and a producer at li news radio and uh frank mckay signing off uh just for now Please binge listen to everything that we're doing here. You don't have to listen in any particular order. Frank McConaughey signing off uh, for Anthony Barone. And we'll see you next time on Breaking It Down.